Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is uh, Forum of Passion, episode 78. I want to thank everybody for joining us. If this is your first time, appreciate you being here. If this is your 78th time, appreciate you being here, as well as everybody in between. Um, for those that are new here, this is an interview podcast that uh, catalogs people that have that shape and have been shaped by hardcore punk and metal music. Um, you know, uh, we have people on uh, from, you know, be it musicians, photographers, engineers, uh, you know, promoters, everything in between. Um, you know, if, if that sounds like your bag, you enjoy this episode and you want to support this podcast going forward, you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash form of passion. You're going to get an additional episode on the last Friday of each month over there. That's a little more discussion based. We talk about records. We talk about just various shows, uh, do a lot of comparisons. We often have like different guests on there as well. Some people that have been on mainline episodes as well as some people that have, you know, like that just special edition been on there. Um, we've only done like one kind of like behind the paywall interview over there. We, we may end up doing more in the future. Um, it just depends. But, uh, you know, encourage everybody to go over there because everybody that subscribes to that feed really, you know, that that's what supports this podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, Sam and I have some personal benchmarks we'd like to reach over there. So please, if you enjoy this, you know, help support us and uh, join us there. At the beginning of each of the mainline episodes, I send a shout out to everybody that has joined the Patreon since last time. Uh, if I know about any bands or projects that individuals that have joined are involved in there, then, you know, I'll remember to shout them out. Uh, this week, the uh, first person we have is Mr. Brad Hira. Uh, this is Brad of Trapped Under Ice, of Demand. He was in Lion of Judah. Uh, I think he was also in Worn Thin. I can't remember back to his episode, but uh, shout out to Brad. Amazing person. Uh, we only have a couple more. We've got uh, just someone that's a Z named Ezekiel. If your name is Ezekiel, uh, Blanket, shout out to you. And the last one is somebody just named Supa Senior. So if that applies to you, shout out. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. You know, uh, recently have been on a, on a bit of a kick, or at least with the last episode going into this one, of getting to be able to talk to people that I, you know, like know of, but like don't have like a, like, you know, like a, like a deep kind of like, uh, personal relationship with. And that's actually really great for me because it's, it's these episodes where I get to like do a full on learning of somebody with kind of like no predisposed, you know, kind of like, uh, like background, you know, other than just kind of like surface level stuff. And, and, you know, so as I am going to be conducting this interview today, it, it would, in my, my imagination be kind of the same experience for a lot of people listening, uh, you know, to kind of like learn at the same pace of, about this person that I am. And uh, that's really cool. I'm very excited about this. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've only gotten great reviews uh, of today's guest and uh, I, I'm excited to learn about their life and their experiences. Uh, so uh, without further ado, Kat, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Beautiful. I, uh, I've, I have in periphery always known you as uh, a person from Southern California. Is that where you are originally from? No, I was born and raised in Fresno. Oh, okay. So you're, you're kind of like up, up closer, closer to my way. Um, okay. So you, 
originating Fresno, uh, is, is your family like, like originally like, like from that area or, or did they migrate there from someplace else? Um, so both of my parents were born overseas in Jordan. Um, my dad came here when he was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom ended up coming here after she married my dad. Um, and they've literally just lived in Fresno my entire life. Like I was born and raised there. I didn't leave Fresno until I moved to LA. Okay. So your, your dad came to Fresno when he was eight and you, but you say your mother came when she married your father, like, yes. like when, when kind of like, what was that like much later, you know, I, like, I, I imagine they weren't married when they were eight, but was like that like <laughs> no. much like later, you know? Um, my parents got married. My dad was 20, 21. And okay. I think my mom was barely turning 19. How would, how would they met each other if he was over here? Um, well, he actually went like back home. Cause he like decided he's like, Oh, you know, like it's time for me to get married. Um, and it literally just worked out. Like my dad's brother, um, had just gotten engaged. And so his, um, fiance at the time was literally just asking people who like came in was like, Hey, do you have like, you know, a daughter who was like, wants to get married? Like my, um, fiance's brother is an eligible bachelor basically. Okay. Okay. And it literally just worked out. So she, and so she came, uh, to, you know, Fresno from Jordan. Yeah. Um, when, like, timeline wise, like, like, what year about was this? Um, I think it was like 90, 90, 91. Okay. Have 92? you ever, have you ever been over to Jordan yourself? Um, I did when I was like two, but it doesn't okay. count because I don't <laughs> remember it. I have all the photos that proves that I was there. Sure. And like sure. everywhere in the Middle East, like, um, I remember, well, I don't remember. I have the photographic proof that we took this like massive trip to the Middle East. Like, um, I have this photo with my grandma where I'm just like <laughs> crying in front of the great pyramids. <laughs> like, like, so, so your family, like away from your parents, are, are they all still over there? Um, my one of my aunts is, but the rest of my like aunts and uncles on both sides of my family are all in like California. Okay. Did they like, all part move- of my family is like up in the Bay and then the rest of them is just in Fresno. Got it. I was going to, I was literally just about to ask like, did they all kind of move to the Fresno area or, or, you know, otherwise what, you know, when, when your father like moved here, cause I were to get into, into kind of like your, your Fresno experience growing up, but what, like, what was the reason that like, that was the place that your family kind of like landed on? You know, I don't know why exactly Fresno. I do remember as a kid being like, why didn't you pick somewhere cooler? Like, why didn't we go to, you know, Los Angeles or wherever? Um, but you know, when my family like moved to Fresno, um, my dad had told me that my grandfather, um, you know, started like orange farms. I don't know if you know this about Fresno, but it's like the agriculture capital of America. Really? No, I did not know that. Well, fun fact for you. Fun fact. Well, I mean, I mean, like, I do know, like, kind of like, like central CA is like obviously like very agricultural heavy, be it like yeah, Ventura you, or, you know. Yeah. If you drive through it, you're literally just driving through endless farms. Yes. Yeah, just farms. And so, like, so I guess that, that like would make sense. 
So and that being that being a great segue, what do you kind of remember from from like your childhood about like kind of like your your experience like in 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 Fresno like as like a little kid? Um agriculture was definitely like a huge part of it. Um so like my parents' house in Fresno, uh we have this like massive backyard, bunch of fruit trees like vegetables um and as a kid uh we because we produced so much fruit and vegetables and like we'd normally like overproduce Mm -hmm. um it was my job as a kid my mom would like bag up all of our you know like our extra fruits and vegetables whether it be like cherries or oranges um we had like this massive olive tree um ton of lemons uh, my mom would just bag all of that up and be like, all right, go up and down the neighborhood and just like give everybody bags of vegetables. Very giving. <laughs> um, yeah. Very but, giving. I mean, was that like, was I mean, like, did like everybody kind of like have like, was that like everybody's backyard, you know, kind of situation or was it like, was um, that specifically just y'all? So everybody on my street, they might've had like one or two fruit trees um, that they didn't like do much with. Um, but like our backyard was, it felt like an oasis at times. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's nice that y'all kind of, kind of shared that, like, you know, with, with everybody, did you like, did you hang out a lot with like neighborhood, like kids and stuff like that? Or, or are you kind of like, just like kind of off on your own? Um, when I was a kid, there were a lot of kids in the neighborhood. So growing up, it was me and my older brother, who was only like a year older than me. Um, and I have a younger brother who was 14 years younger than me. Um, but while my older brother and I were kids, like almost all of the houses on our street had kids in them, like anywhere between like two to four. Okay. Um, so like during the summers, it's like, we would all, you know, hang out, play sports, play street hockey, uh, do whatever. But my little brother, when he was growing up, there were like no neighborhood kids left. It's honestly Uh, kind of sad. uh, That's a bummer for him. How many siblings do you have? I have two i have a younger brother who is about to turn 14 mm-hmm. um and then my older brother who is a year and a half older than me but passed away three years ago oh i'm sorry i'm so sorry to hear that um uh, that, that's 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 such a bummer i uh had no idea but you know um do you when i mean like you know like we're be that there's probably like a large age difference between you and your younger brother, you know, like, and be there, there's a much closer one with, with your, your, you know, like your past brother, uh, were you guys like super close, you know, like when you were growing up or, or oh, yeah. growing it, up, okay. growing up, we were very close because, mm-hmm. um, it was like me and him. And because like, you know, my aunts and uncles lived in Fresno and they all had their own kids. And like all of my cousins were my age. Um, we were all very close. Um, like my older brother and I like close to the point where, so his birthday is literally 13 months after mine. Like oh. he was born. Yeah. He was born August 93. I was born in September 94. Okay. Um, our parents would like combine our birthdays. Um, sure. Even though they were, you know, a month apart. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also didn't realize this like, wasn't, <sighs> No one else can relate to this. Um, but my parents were like, oh, yeah, like, you know what? Growing up, you guys, you know, just share your birthday. Like, I shared a room with my older brother until I was, like, six or seven. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, all right, like it's your guys' birthday, whatever. And so, you know, we'd have like a joint cake and whatever, um, except he would get birthday or he would get like gifts at his, at our birthday party. Um, yeah. and when it was time for like my birthday, I was like, I want, you know, a birthday party and all of this. Um, and they were like, no, like you already had a birthday party, but at my, you know, birthday party, I didn't even get gifts because it technically wasn't my birthday. Damn. That's not, <laughs> they're doing you dirty. How dare they? Um, phew, I mean, what's, I mean, hate to hear that, but, uh, you know, I mean, so I'm getting like a, like a bit of like a lay of the land here, uh, of kind of like what you know, you know, kind of what, what things were like, you know, away from kind of like, you know, like your family set up and like, like, the, like the neighborhood and everything you're a part of, like you, you talked about like, like things like street hockey and stuff. What kind of stuff were you into when you were like a kid? Like, like what, 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 like what were your interests? Let's say like before you were like 10. Um, love sports, loved video games. Like my brother and I were very like, mom, please take us to the GameStop. We have to get this new game like right now. And then we have to play it for six hours straight until we beat it. Okay. What, what, what games were you into? Um, we were very into games that our parents uh, would eventually take away from us. So like Grand Theft Auto, like Vice City was our favorite game. But of course. Um, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. Um, we were very into games like just like true crime stuff. So like true crime, New York city. Um, Oh yeah. I remember we that loved one. like, Oh yeah. Medal of honor. Um, okay. yeah. Like all that stuff with true crime, New York city though, when that came out, my, um, older brother stole my mom's credit card, uh, to pre-order it. Oh, okay. Um, we were, we were still kids. And I remember it came like in the mail. My dad was like, what is this? And I was like, mm, I've never seen this before in my entire I don't life. Know. I have no idea what this is. And he asked my brother and my brother was like, yeah, I took mom's credit card. Um, and I bought this game, like this rated M game. Um, and our, I remember our punishment. I got punished too, because apparently I was just an accessory. Oh, even though you didn't I was do it? Very, I didn't do anything. It's very much like, you know, how we had the same like birthday party. <laughs> You got, to get, you, got to, you got the same punishment there. Golly. I got the same punishment. I got in trouble for it too. Um, and my dad's like punishment was, it came with this really cool, like long sleeve promo shirt. Okay. And my dad was like, I'm taking this shirt. Like it's mine now. <laughs> Did he wear it? Um, he used to wear it. Like I remember him wearing it for a bit, but I don't know whatever happened to it. So like a couple <laughs> years ago, I just randomly thought about it because I was talking about, um, video game soundtracks. Um, and I was like, Oh man, like the true crime New York one was honestly sick. Um, and I was like, and then we had this shirt too. And I honestly found one on eBay a couple years ago and I bought it and it's one of my favorite shirts. Hell yeah. What, like what was on the soundtrack for that? Um, because it was New York, it was a lot of, uh, East coast stuff, like anywhere from, uh, like rap to, like sick of it all it was crazy i'm looking it up right now okay so there there is an agnostic front track on there a lot of red man yeah uh cameron a bad brains track okay so was i mean like was this guy dang hate breeds on here dude uh, the soundtrack the soundtrack is sick there's so much on there sonic youth this is a really good soundtrack public enemy 
Yeah, I, there's a deep cut on here. Twenty four seven spies who I who I fuck dude, with. Yeah. Oh, you should, oh, yo! When people know what's up about twenty four seven spies, I, I'm like amped because like I feel like not a lot of people like like talk about them, and they're fucking sick. Um, I know that song because of the soundtrack. Hell yeah, Biohazard, like you said on here, a big VOD. This is a really the damn and like a high tier damn track too. Damn, uh, this is crazy. Did you like so like I mean like was this like your first initiation into like music like this? Honestly, yeah, because like, so like I said, like my brother and I would play video games for hours straight until we beat them. Um, and like, you know, like Vice City, whenever you're driving around, you have a radio station, mm -hmm. like you can switch to the radio station. And that's like how you learned literally how you like recognize songs. Sure. Um, but yeah, like, I honestly think that video game soundtracks was my first like exposure to any type of music that wasn't like classic rock. I mean, that was the same for me. So I, I, I totally understand that. Yeah. Cause growing up, like my dad was a huge, like classic rock guy. Like his mm. first show was uh Def Leppard and Uriah Heep. Oh, hell yeah. So growing up, he like, he like had us listen to all of that stuff and he'd like, you know, teach us about it or whatever. Um, but once we started like playing those video games, and stuff that's when i was like oh wow like what is this stuff did so were you like i need to like go like like out and like find this like, like, I mean, like was it like i need to go like download this stuff or kind of like how did you how did you kind of well, like it was still like it was still like pretty early like that was i think like early 2000s like 2003 2004 maybe that would make sense yeah um so it's like at that time, like my dad was still, um, he would get those like CD catalogs. Sure. Yeah. Um, and like every month he'd be like, okay, like you guys can pick a CD. And it was always so exciting to me, except, um, my dad would go through and like cross out CDs that we were like not allowed to have. Oh, no. <laughs> so like he always crossed out like blink 182 enema of the state. Cause he hated the cover. He's like, you can't listen to this. And okay. I was like, okay. Okay. I remember it was that and just <laughs> random uh, atmosphere, oh, like God the, loves ugly or something. I just the, hated that cover. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That. Um, he's like, you can't, you can't have this. Hold up, I'm gonna look up the cover because it's been a long time since I've seen it. God loves ugly. Atmosphere. It's literally his face, and it looks like a child's like handwriting. It, it, oh, hold on, I'm, I'm gonna look this up. He just hated the cover. <laughs> this is a pretty innocuous cover. <laughs> he's like yeah i don't like this i don't this this guy's face and so i, I was so. always yeah i was like you know what that's fair <laughs> okay yeah this guy this guy sucks so, like, whenever like we ordered CD yeah <laughs> so whenever we ordered cds like i was always ordering um just random like either pop cds or, or like r&b cds mm -hmm. Um, I was very like my brother and I were very big into rap when we were okay. kids, but, um, cause my dad was like pretty strict, um, Sounds you know, like would take away anything that has like a parental advisory sticker on it. Mm, um, sure. but because my mom, cause she only came to America when she was like 20. Um, she didn't know what a parental advisory sticker is. Ah, okay. So okay. my brother and I would always trick her into just buying us things. Way to subvert um, the system. So, yeah. So, like, um, we had, like, 
my mom by uh the Eminem show um the games like the documentary oh hell yeah um, of course oh yeah like all of that stuff we were just like awesome like mom doesn't know what this is like mom doesn't know like there's rapping like fast enough to where my mom can't like comprehend what they're saying okay okay and i was like oh yeah i was like oh yeah like we got this this we got this in the bag and then one time i think it was when the eminem show came out my brother and i were listening to it like on his stereo and um so my dad would like work during the day but he would come home at 5 p.m every single day um and we did not watch we did not watch the clock and my dad like came in and was like what are you guys listening to he took that CD away from me for, uh, I kid you not, like 10 years. Wait, what CD? Um, the Eminem show. Oh, uh, yeah. I he remember like, you one, can't have this. I do remember being at camp one time, and I had just gotten the Marshall Mathers LP. And I, I don't know. like I like knew all the words, but I didn't know what like half of it meant. Yeah, um, see, like you don't know what it means. Yeah. And I was like rapping it like by myself, like with my headphones on and a counselor looked at me and was like, yo, I can't take that away from you. Cause it's like your personal property, but do not say those things. And I was like, so confused. I was like, Oh, I'm so, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, don't I, even had know no, what I, said. I had no idea what any of it meant. Um, but like, we like loved rap and R&B. Like that's what we were listening to on the way to school every morning. Like to the point where like Nelly was one of my favorite rappers as a kid. Uh, hell yes. Of course. For my, for my 12th birthday, my mm-hmm. dad was like, what do you want? And in all seriousness, I said that I wanted a grill. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I want a grill. And he was like, no, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? And Why then not? I also got in trouble for, um, <laughs> this feels very like Fresno of me uh, to say, but like I used to have put like the gum wrappers on my cheek, like how Nelly used to have it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Of I mean, I remember, I mean like, like Nelly was like early two thousands. Nelly was like iconic. Like I remember like country grammar coming out as a single and like, just like how like everywhere that was like the hot and here music video. Like, were you like watching like music videos and stuff or was it just kind of like hearing stuff on the radio? No, I was like watching music videos too, because I was always watching, um, MTV cause they still had music videos. Yep. Um, MTV and BET. BET of course. Yeah. I mean, it was like at that time too, it was like, like some of those it would just be, it would be music videos like all the time. Um, and there's still like TRL and stuff, I think around then. So you yeah, like, and there's yep. like, you know, like one Oh six in park with free and AJ. Like I was watching that every single day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're like in like the hip hop and kind of R and B world, but you've had exposure to kind of like alternative music through like video game soundtracks, you know, through you, like, you know, you kind of talk about like, you're like 11, 12, 13, you know, you're kind of like, like, that's kind of like what you're rocking with. Like, did you have like interest in being like, I want to like go experience like music in like a live setting, or I want to like play music or or something like that. Like, like kind of like, what was your relationship then? So like, obviously at that point, like I'd never been to a show. Like I didn't like really understand that those things were um, like feasible. Sure. Um, As a kid, one time, I think like green day was on the radio or whatever. And I was just like coming along and my dad was like, Oh, do you like this band? I was like, Oh yeah. Like I like this band. He's like, do you want to go see them like Mm -hmm. in person? 
And I was such a polite child where I was just like, no, it's okay. No, thank you. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Damn. Um, so, so, so that's not even like, that's not even like on your radar of being like, oh, I can like interact with this and like, no, okay. no, not at all. Um, okay. Once I got to middle school, um, I was very much like deep in, or I guess that's when I was like really discovering like, everything everything that wasn't you know classic rock and r&b i was like oh wow there's other things out here um like my my like older cousin my like cool older cousin um she listened to like a bunch of scene bands like under oath was her favorite okay um you know census fail whatever sure i got an ipod not even an ipod just like um a like those like knockoff iPads, those like MP3 players that maybe holds like 12 songs. Oh yeah. I remember, remember well. Yeah. I'm sure. I um, you know, kids truly don't understand the struggle oh. of only getting like 12 songs on this thing. And if the battery dies and your mom doesn't want to buy a new one, like it's you're game over. I remember getting an iPod nano and like, just got, being like, yep. I can't believe like, I can't believe how many songs run this like little thing, you know, whatever. And there, and there was like, maybe like, I don't know. Like I, I remember when I got an iPod nano and my parents were like, okay, like if you want this thing, cause you know, they were just like, Oh, it's just a fad. It's just like, you know, the newest thing on the market, whatever. They're like, if you want this, like you got to pay for it yourself. And I was like, okay. So I saved up all of my, like literally all of my nickels and dimes and dollars. <laughs> and I think it was only like a hundred and like 50 bucks or under two hundred dollars. Yeah, definitely. And I remember they sent me to like Costco because Costco had them, and my dad was like, "All right, you know, pay for the thing." And I'm like handing over all of my like ones and stuff. Sa- like, a satchel go. of coins. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> love that. Um. So when I got that, like my older cousin made me like this massive list of bands that I needed to listen to. Okay. What was uh, on the so list? That literally. Um, under oath used, um, what else did she give me? Um, census fail was like a massive one for me. They were like my first favorite band that like my parents didn't know about. Sure. Okay. Okay. Like and, if I said census fail, my parents were like, what is that? What is that? What year is this about too? Cause I'm, I, I do um, ask is because of, I, I'm like kind of gauging like census fails popularity at the time. 2007. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're still like, I mean, they, they, they obviously, they obviously were always kind of in the ether, but like they're, they're definitely kicking it hard right then too. Oh um, yeah. That was like when, I don't want to say like their peak because they're still like honestly kind of a big band. They are, um, yeah. But that was like peak, like just scene, mm-hmm. scene, oh, yeah. like even like just post hardcore, whatever. Peak oh, MySpace I mean, music. Yeah, peak MySpace music. Oh seven, peak MySpace music. Oh Because yeah. I, I, I think by that point it's like you know that stuff was like not just it. Had, it had gotten to a point where it's like stuff like Under Oath senses fail uh the use like that stuff was now not at that point not just like something that like alternative people were into but i feel like it had broken into like even more of like a mainstream place or was like like kind of like heading because i remember in like high school when like like i was like finishing high school around 07 i remember there were kids that were like definitely not like 
emo or like seeing people that were like down with that stuff that previously, like maybe at the beginning of high school, like would not have been. Um, so yeah, real big at the time. Did, I mean, did this kind of change stuff up for you or like, did you like be it that that's a little closer to like, um, kind of like being accessible than like, say like the game would be like going to see the game or something. Oh yeah, absolutely. Were you like learning about like shows around this time? Um, I still wasn't really, uh, learning about shows. I don't think I, I maybe like end of eighth grade, right. When I started high school was when I was just like, Oh my God, like there are shows coming through Fresno. Like dad, please let me go to this show. What, uh, what kind of stuff was coming through that you wanted to go to? Um, literally all of the MySpace stuff was coming through. Okay. They were just playing at, um, what is that venue? Um, whatever ballroom. I can't remember the name, the name of it. It no longer exists in Fresno, but like literally Paramore was coming through as just oh. like a small band. Okay. Okay. And I was and like, you- I know these bands. I listen to these bands and I like them. Like, please just let me go see them. Did, I mean, I know he was strict, but did, did he let you go? No, absolutely not. Ah, uh, damn. So, <laughs> because I mean, in his mind, like all of these shows are like, like I said, like he grew up in America, but like the shows that he was going to were, you know, like Def Leppard, like these massive bands, like these massive, like, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll bands. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he thought that a lot of the shows that I was trying to go to were like that. Right. Yeah. Just, just from his perspective. I mean, yeah, going to, going to see death, death leopard, as opposed to going to see under oath, it's going to be two completely different experiences. Yeah, I Literally. It's like that, that these guys, these straighteners, they wear girl pants. They're just like, <laughs> please let me go see them. I mean, so, you know, you like attempting kind of in this time period, but, but not really like haven't really like engaged kind of with, uh, with that kind of setting, you know, yet or anything when you were getting into like high school, did, I mean, like things kind of like, like loosen up or did, or did you like gain some more autonomy or was it still kind of like, Oh, I'm like really enjoying this stuff and enjoying kind of like diving down the well of this, but I, I haven't been able to engage with it yet. Um, I loved music in high school, but it was still like, I, you know, I couldn't really go to shows. Um, I could only, you know, watch interviews on YouTube or watch like live stuff on YouTube of all of these bands. And I'm just like, Oh man, I hope one day, like I get to see these bands. We're and I don't know. Eventually you get like photography and stuff. Had that had like that kind of started for you yet? Or or would that come later? Um, It lightly started like around that time with, uh, was like, I was asking for, you know, like my first cameras or like my first like digital, like point and shoots and stuff. Um, cause I was like, Oh, I want to be a photographer. This is going to be great. And you know, like at the, like, you know, the heyday of Tumblr, um, I followed a bunch oh, of like, yeah. cool, like you know, I followed a bunch of really cool music photographers and I was like, Oh, I really want to do this. This would be really cool. Um, and like, I got my first like actual like DSLR, um, when I was a junior. Okay. Junior? Yeah, I was a junior in high school. Um, and I re- remember expressing like, oh my God, like I want to work in music in the future. Like, you know, and my dad was like, okay, but like, don't even think about touring. Like that's off the table. And I was just like, oh, okay. Well, like, what did you want to do? Like, I know you wanted to work in music, but like what specifically were you like aiming for? 
Um, in high school, I would have loved to have been a, like, a, you know, a tour photographer or, um, I, uh, I was like a self-taught artist too. So like also at that time, because I loved the used, um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, found out everything about, you know, Alex party because he did all of their covers and stuff. Sure. Um, and I was like, oh my God, like I could be like him too like what kind of what kind of art were you doing like was it like one medium or is it like multiple um it was all um like drawing illustrating i would paint um all like just like traditional art sure sure were you like doing that like more at school or or was it just like stuff you did at home um honestly both because like as a kid um you know like during the summers, it's like, so in Fresno, you know, it gets like 115 during the summers. Lord. So it's like, you can't go play with the neighborhood kids when it's that hot out. Um, and at the time, like I grew up doing karate. And so our library was right next to our dojo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my mom would always just like take us into the library afterwards. Cause a, it was air conditioned in there. Um, yeah. and B my mom knew that I would get a bunch of like, books on whatever and like learn something and like be out of her hair um so i like taught myself how to draw um and as i like grew older in like high school and stuff i was just like oh my god like i want to you know do art for bands but like i had no idea how to do that at all yeah because this is really interesting because it's like at this point it's like there's this desire there's this like i want to like be a tour photographer. I want to be an artist for bands. You, you're like, in like you're engaging with kind of like this world, like online, be like via like Tumblr or like YouTube and stuff. But you haven't, you haven't been able to like actually like physically, you know, go do this yeah. shit. Correct? Yeah, so haven't like wasn't able to like actually do anything. And like when I was in high school, um, so my dad's an attorney, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, he was, you know, in law school studying for the bar and I was kind of a dork as a kid. So like, I would just sit at the like living room table or, uh, the kitchen table and study for the bar with him. Cause oh, I was wow. like, Oh, we're, I was like, we're both doing this. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was summer. Like I had nothing for else you. to do. Jeez. And I was just, yeah, I spent my free time reading about like statutes and stuff. <laughs> Do you, did you retain any of it? Like, do you remember any of that stuff? No, I don't remember oh, okay. any of it. I was going to say, it's like, if one of your career changes. Yeah, well, so when I was in high school, uh, they made my high school a law magnet. And so my okay. dad was like, yes, this is amazing. This is our dream. And I was just like, yeah, okay. Um, so I, like, signed up for all the classes. Um and it was like, it came easily to me. I was like, Oh, this is fine. And I did like, you know, speech and debate. Um, so my dad was like, yes, when you like graduate high school, you're going to go to college. You're going to be, you know, like a poli sci major or something. Um, and once I like, or about the time that I was about to graduate, my dad was like, all right, like you need to pick your college major. And I was just like, okay, I basically had two weeks to figure out what I was doing. And I like came back to him and I was like graphic design. And he was like, what? (laughs) So, I mean, is that what you ended up like, you know, like going into? Yeah. I graduated with a BFA in graphic design. Okay. Okay. So you, when you're 18, you like leave, you leave high school. Where did you end up going to college? Fresno state. 
Okay. So you, so you were still like, like local to, to like home. Oh yeah. Lived with my parents literally until I moved out when I graduated from college. Like I didn't even drive until my, like probably middle of my freshman year, end of my freshman year in college. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I mean, so like you start driving then. So bear in mind, their grants a little more like autonomy, a little more independence. Did you start being like, okay, I can drive now. I can like go places. Like I, you know, like, did you like start going to shows then or, or, or was that still not in the ether yet? I, so I, my first show was when I was 16, 15, 16. Um, and I only was allowed to go because a, my brother took me. Um, and B, I had to have like knee surgery and my dad like felt bad for me. And he was like, um, I'll let you go. Like, I'll let you go to a concert. And I was just like, Oh, okay, cool. Thanks dad. What, what, what happened to your knee? Um, I broke it. Okay. I broke it in. <laughs> so earlier I said I did speech and debate. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So I broke it at a debate tournament. Real, real hard contact debate tournament. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What like what did you like? You fall down some stairs? I, no, I literally um <laughs> I turned too fast. <laughs> okay. Okay. I turned too I was fast. Something like a sports injury or something? No. 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 Like the sports I played in high school were it was badminton. So I was not okay. breaking anything in badminton. No. Um, yeah, not. I literally just turned too fast, and my dad was like, "Okay, like I'll let you go to a concert." Okay. Um, and what the next, like, you go? so the next, like, big, the big concert in Fresno that like all of my friends were going to was a day to remember. Ah. Uh, it was okay. a day to remember, very scene tour. Yep. It was a day to remember. Um, Bring me the horizon. Mm-hmm. We came as Romans, I, and I Pierce the, the Veil opened. Okay. Get, get, lay out the experience for me. Like, how, how was it for you? Oh my God. I was, I remember being so excited. I was like, finally, like my dad is letting me go to a show. Like, this is amazing. I can't believe that I'm here. And I like dragged my older brother with me because my dad literally looked at my older brother and was just like, either I'm going or you're going. And my dad goes, I'm the dad. So you're going. Um, And like, my brother didn't listen to like, any of those bands he had no idea who those bands were mm-hmm. um like his favorite band was system of the down and metallica and okay. iron maiden okay um right. Fuck yeah. i made my brother take me like immediately after school <laughs> getting there early. I, like <laughs> yeah i was so like i could not contain my excitement he, we literally drove home from school we only lived five minutes from my high school Sure. Um, and like I get home and I'm like too excited to eat. And like my brother had never been to a show before, so he has no idea. He's like, okay, okay like when do we have to be there? And I was like, I want to be there early because I want to be in the front. Um, and he was just like, okay, whatever. Um, and so we went there and like there was already like this massive line and it was like an outdoor amphitheater. Okay, that makes sense. So there was already this massive line. All I remember about waiting is that there were these like three older boys who were like sitting next to me drawing tattoos on themselves in Sharpie. This um, is a very scene concert at this time. Like that's a very, yeah, it's that's very an activity that's very there. Yeah. Yeah, it is very, very scene. Um 
I remember they gave me their demo. They're like, we're in a band. I was just like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing in the world. Someone's giving me their CD at a show. Oh my God, it was the worst thing I've ever listened to in my entire life. What was 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 it like? It was like, I remember they had a song called um, Wacky Waving Inflatable Arm Tube Man. That should tell you everything you need to know. What was the name of the band? I don't remember. Oh man, I'm sure. Dude, I'm sure that I still have the CD somewhere at my parents' house. Because my dad still has all of his CDs, like, in his office. Um, And I know that a lot of, like, my old CDs are in there. So, chances are it's there. Well, yo, if you find it, I want to hear it. Dude, (laughs) I'm trying to to put on for for the track, for the hard track, wacky, inflatable arm, two men. Yeah, I honestly, I feel like... I still have it. Cause I remember seeing it sometime in the past 10 years coming across it and remembering like, Oh my God, these teenagers gave me this at a show. Well, so you go and like, was it like everything you would hope for? Like, was like, you Oh know, yeah, like, absolutely. I great. had a blast. Good. I was in the, like, <laughs> I was in the middle of the pit and like my poor brother, he like his sole task was to protect me and to make sure that I was okay. So yeah. that nothing happened to me. Cause if something happened to me, our parents would just killed him. That's true. Um, I imagine I get in the middle of the crowd and I'm so excited. I'm like, Oh, finally, like I know all of these bands. I know, I know all the words. Um, and the crowd, you know, starts pushing and stuff. And my brother freaks out and he's like, Oh my God. And he's also like two, three times, like, larger than i am yeah so he literally like walks into the crowd like picks me up and like sets me down like we walked to like behind the pit because there are uh like stairs or whatever sure and so he sets me down on them and he literally looks at me and goes don't move and i was like okay (laughs) and then the rest of the night he proceeded to just sit in front of me like no they guard dog you uh literally i wasn't allowed to go anywhere well so after this one that you you know see it being as you came home in like one piece uh was your dad like a little more lenient about stuff or 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 not absolutely not i was still having to ask uh (laughs) (laughs) i was still having to ask to go to shows like you know like a month or two in advance and like in fresno we would get like good like popular shows mm-hmm. once a month once every you know couple months so it wasn't like super super often okay. um but my parents were very like well you went to a show last month so uh, do you need to go again damn yeah for for people that don't understand i could totally see that being like a metric um but it, so but it sounds like you're, if you're going to stuff like once a month that there, there is some regularity so like what kind of stuff were you going to at the time um a lot of it was just like pop punk indie stuff because um still at the time like my parents were like my dad would like screen the shows that i was going to Mm -hmm. um so like so yeah yeah. so there was a time in my life that i was just you know super into emery okay if you ever listen to that band i i know about Um, emery yeah i loved emery um and so they were playing a show in Fresno and I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be amazing. I love Emery. So I bought tickets to the show. Like at the time, like that was before I went to my first show. Um, 
I bought two tickets because I was like, oh, my brother can take me. Like, didn't even ask him. Literally nothing. Uh, didn't consider anything. Sure. Um, my dad found out that I had, like, I bought tickets. He was like, where did you buy these? And I was like, um, I bought them, like, from my friend. Um, and my dad was just like, I can't believe, like, you didn't ask. And he's like, okay, like, play me their music. And I was like, oh, no. So I played my dad their acoustic song. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, smart, smart. I was like, okay, not smart enough. Uh, really? He, <laughs> my dad was like, you're playing me their acoustic song. And I was just like, <sighs> what? I was like, no. And my dad <laughs> is like, okay, put on their album. Um, what was the first song on their album? Walls. So it's literally just straight screaming. Yeah. Um, Damn. That honestly might have been like, the most trouble that I had gone into like in high school. It was uh-huh. literally just me buying tickets to Emory without <laughs> telling my dad and then them being this like post hardcore band. I mean, really doing the scandalous stuff out here, cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So, so th- there's some pushback and stuff, but you know, like when, by the time you were driving, like, was it like, were you like still kind of like having to ask or cause like you were still, oh, yeah, home? absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Cause I like, like I said, I lived at home until I, um, graduated and it's like, I'm first generation. Um, like I'm the only like, you know, daughter in my house. So, you know, there's that like extra layer of like overprotectiveness. Sure. Um, so it's like, you know, I would like ask to go do stuff, but most of the stuff was like, Oh, like you need to, you know, be home before the sun goes down, whatever. Like I was, you know, 22 still asking my parents permission to like go hang out with my friends. Well, I mean, like, you know, the, it, and like, this is just my own like naivete or whatever, but it's like you said, you're first generation American, you know, yeah, it, and like the only, like, like, and like the only daughter it, it's like, I mean, I often hear like, like just culturally, you know, like a lot of first generation American households are, are just very strict households. Yeah. Um, you know, depending on the culture. So it's like, like it's a lot of this stuff is like surprise. If like surprising for like, uh, just like a not, you know, it's like a non first generation American. I'd be like, Oh, that's, that's very strict, but I'm, I'm almost like not surprised here in a way. Um, yeah. Just cause of cultural difference. Yeah. A lot of people are surprised. They're just like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe that. And I was like, what do you mean? Like I'm first generation, like my mom did not grow up here. Yeah. Um, like they have their view of the world, which like, as I've like grown up, like I kind of understand why they did things the way that they did. Sure. It's because it's like, it's how they saw it. Like I completely understand why my dad was like, no, you can't go to these shows because he thought that there would be like, you know, a bunch of drunks around me or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and so, I mean, it, it's like, it, it's, it's just, it's just interesting. Cause it's like, you, you have some people like I've interviewed a lot of people on here that had like, like complete free range. Like there was like, like no rules. And then you have situations kind of like, like yours where it's like, you know, like, Oh, like, you know, it, it's like, it, it's very strict even until like your like early, like adult life. When you are done with school, kind of like what, what did you end up doing? You, you said you moved out at that time, but like, was it like immediate or had you already gotten a job? Yeah. So, um, my last year of college, I had just been doing a bunch of internships. Mm -hmm. So like, um, well, okay, let me back up a little bit. So throughout college, I 
would design merch for, you know, like a lot of like pop punk bands. Um, I would do merch, ad mats, whatever. Like all how, of that. How have you gotten linked up with that? So that's when I was in college was kind of when, um, like I was going to shows like a little more, um, and I would straight up, I would be tweeting at people all the time. Like it just got to the point where people were just like, Oh, like I can recognize you. Like I've seen your drawings or whatever on, you know, Twitter on Instagram. So I literally spent most of college just like building friendships. And then when I moved to LA, pretty much. Yeah. I was just like, Hey, like, do you need someone to do this? Like straight up having no idea what to do like at all. Someone told me to like send them an invoice. And I was like, what does that mean? Do I just like email them and ask for money? Like, I want this much money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like who are you like working with at the time? Like who, who are, who are you hitting up? Um, I was just hitting up like all the big, like pop punk bands. I was working with, uh, the wonder years, muscle plus like real friends. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and then I would just start working with like people's managers and, uh, like their managers would be like, Oh, like, um, this person needs this. Like, can you help? Like, um, like the first record I laid out was the from Indian lakes. Um, what's that record? Not the last one, but the one before that. Looking it up right now. Um, let's see. The, the thing is it's looking, uh, from me. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at it here. So let's see. So you, you did the layout as in like, you did like, like front cover as well, or just kind of like insert and stuff. I did the insert, um, and everything. Like I didn't take the, um, cover photo, but like I designed everything else in it, including okay. like, like cassette stuff and like ads and stuff. And I was like, Oh, I know how to do this. So I was like, I can do this. This is gotcha. what I want to do in music. Cool. Um, okay. But I was in like my first internship was with Hopeless Records, um, gotcha. and I would just do a bunch of like social graphics, like I would make Snapchat filters. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. I guess this is what like design is like, you know, in the music world. Because I was like, oh, you know, I, you know, I want to be an illustrator for all of these bands. But like, I didn't, I didn't know anybody who had a full time job doing that. Sure. Um, so after I interned with Hopeless Records, I interned with Pure Noise Records. Um, and they kind of let me intern with them my last year of college. And they were just like, you can intern with us, like, basically, as long as you need experience. And I was like, oh, yeah, sick. This rocks. Very um, chill and then they realized, yeah. yeah, I literally asked them, I was like, hey, can I intern for you? And they're just like, okay. <laughs> um, and they realized they didn't have anybody in house to basically do anything that I was doing, um, to do any of their like graphic design. So when I graduated, they basically made a position for me, um, except I had to move to LA for it. Okay. Well, so when you, when you graduated, uh, like, like they basically were like, if I'm getting this correctly, they're like, okay, you can do, you can be basically our our in-house, you know, like, graphic design Designer, person for yeah. whatever, like be it like tour ad mat, like, you know, record designs if we like need it or what have you. Yeah. But you, but social, you, but you, social graphics, marketing okay. stuff. But you needed to be there physically. Yeah. Because, that that, that um, part's a little surprising. I mean, it's cool, okay. but I, I'm, I'm surprised. So, um, 
at this point I had picked up photography. Ah, uh, okay. I wasn't doing it super seriously. Like I wasn't doing music photography super seriously in college. That is something like I literally picked up cause I was like, Oh, like I want to, you know, try this out. And at that point it's like, I knew a bunch of bands, um, and whatever. And like, I would literally just hit them up and be like, Hey, can I, you know, I'm literally just trying this out. Can I shoot your set? And they'd be like, yeah, okay. And like sure. my venue in Fresno, I kind of told them too. I was like, I just want to try this out. Like, can I bring my camera into the venue and like take pictures? Okay. Okay. So, so I mean, like, like what, what I'm, um, what's really cool and, and like, and something that's like that I think people can like, that are listening can like learn from is that like a lot of the, the places you got to were just about like not being afraid to like ask, you know, like not being afraid to be like, Hey, like, you know, like, can I do this for you? Hey, can I intern here? Like, Oh, yeah. can I take picture? You know? And it's like, I think a lot of people are like, like want to get into like stuff, like be it they're in a band that like wants to play stuff or they're like, like into photography or design. And it's like, I mean, as somebody who plays in a band, if somebody hit me up and was like, Hey, uh, I did a design for you. Like, you know, check it out. I'd, I'd be like ecstatic about that. And, you know, so yeah, it, it, I was literally you weren't like, scared. like every day I was just designing stuff. I was just making random illustrations. Like I would listen to, you know, full albums, like deconstruct the lyrics and, you know, find something that was like symbolic or something. And I would just tweet it out. Um, and eventually people were like, can we buy this off of you? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I mean, like, that, that's the way to do it. Um, cause also it's like, if, if you're an artist and you see somebody doing that as well, you're like, Oh, this person is like, cause based off how you like dissected lyrics and, and like, you know, everything It's like, this person isn't just doing this blanket style. This person like actually like intently analyzed, like what we've got going on, you know? Um, and, and that always speaks volumes. So you, so now that you've taken up photography though, it's like, we want you to come, Pure Noise wanted you to come in there to kind of like be like, like an in-house photography person for them as well. Yeah. So oh. like my job would be basically to go to the shows, um, and just start, um, you know, getting content for them just like live, uh, photo. They made me learn video. Cause like I didn't do video and they were like, listen, we can't hire you unless you can show us that you know how to like, that you can, it's not that I knew how to do video. They just wanted me to show that I could learn how to do video. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. I mean, especially with like, as, as prevalent as, as that is like, like the, the main thing now, it's like, I feel like you have to know how to do it. Um, yeah. And honestly, thankfully they did make me learn how to do it. Um, when I like sent in my, uh, you know, like example work or whatever, they're like, please send us a video. Just show us that you can edit something and put text on top of it. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And so I literally just took a random video off my iPhone. Um, it was on the golden gate bridge and I just like did like a panning video. And at the oh, end of okay. it, like the text literally was just like, please hire me. <laughs> I love that. I mean, Hey, it's to the point, you know? Um, so you, I mean, like, like, did, like yeah, you already been interning there. Was it kind of like you graduate and you're like, all right, I'm packing the car up and I'm, I'm moving down. Or was there like a little bit of time? Um, I had probably two weeks from the time that I graduated to when I like moved down because I graduated mid May, I think. Mm -hmm. And I started with them, um, like the first weekend of, uh, June. How did your parents take this? 
Oh, they were not hyped at all. I'm sure. Um, literally. Um, so I had driven up to, or my dad and I drove up to Sacramento for some show. I don't remember what it was. Um, but some show at Ace of Spades. Um, and I remember like, you know, one of my bosses was going to be there and he basically asked my dad permission to hire me. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> like, I'm sure that, I'm sure that went, like, a, really, went a long way though. He was like, we really want to hire your daughter. And my dad was just like, mm, cause he wasn't super stoked about me like working in music. Um, who knows? He could have still been like upset that I last minute was like, actually, I'm not going to become an attorney. Um, but yeah, like they were so bummed out, but thankfully like, you know, Fresno is still three and a half hours away. Um, and I, I go home pretty often. Okay. Yeah. Three and a half, three and a half is like not bad. Like, like, you know, like yeah, that, that, that's nothing. manageable. That's manageable for sure. So it's, so it's not like you're like on the other side of the, you know, the country or something. Um, but you, so you start doing that like, and what year did you like become full-time with pure noise? Um, 2017. Okay. So, you know, this, so we're looking at it about five, six years ago. Um, yeah. you know, what did they, you know, like, like, did, did they get you kind of like, did they start putting you on the road with people or were you mainly just kind of like shooting stuff like locally? No, I was, uh, doing stuff locally. Um, okay. so like, cause we were based in Pasadena. So I was like any show in Los Angeles that our bands were on, like I was there. Okay. Um, and when I started, we only had like 30 or so bands, uh, which is still a lot. Um, but like anytime those bands came through, like I was there shooting the whole set, filming the whole set, just like collecting content basically. Um, the only time I really traveled for stuff was, um, if any of, if anyone was playing Fresno, I would go back home. Sure. That may, I mean, that makes sense. Cause it's like, you can just kind of see the family and, and kind of, kind of do like a one, two punch there. Yeah. What? And anytime I went home, I would like try and bring my mom with me. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause I was like, I want, I was like, mom, like, I want you to see like what I'm doing. And she would just like, she would be like, okay, like I'm going to go. And then she would like flake 10 minutes before. Uh, we were supposed to leave. I was going to say like, if she went like kind of like, what was her, how did she like take it in? Well, I would take my mom to shows with me in college. Okay. Um, because they were still like pretty weary about like, you know, me going to shows by myself. Sure. Um, so I'd be like, all right, like, mom, you can come with me. You're literally not doing anything else. Um, like I took my mom to go see, uh, cursive. Okay. Okay. Did she um, hate it or like, what was the vibe? She, she didn't hate it. Okay. Um, but she was just like, all right, like, okay. She's like, this isn't too bad. I did take her to see defeater. Um, she did not like that. <laughs> interesting because because i could because i could see that kind of going either direction like yeah she did she didn't like that show it was like defeater counterparts um i could see her hating counterparts that wouldn't yeah, be surprising she, to me. she well they asked her at the end of the show they're like what did you think because i was like buying merch or whatever yeah. and i was like oh man i was like don't ask my mom <laughs> um because i know how my mom is and she yeah. straight up was like well like you're not bad, but like, it's not very good. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, y'all are garbage. <laughs> someone, it's funny. Someone else on that uh, tour, like only lived in like Porterville or whatever. And he's like trying to, you know, um, connect with my mom. And 
<laughs> I was like standing outside with them and he's like, Oh, did you see like our show? Like, what did you think? And this dude is like a spoken word dude. Okay. <laughs> and okay. my mom just like looks at him and she's like, why do you sing like that? <laughs> oh man. I love it. I mean, yo, you're yo, respecting her for just being real about it. Um, damn. So like you started 2017. What do you, what do, what was like kind of like some of the most memorable stuff starting out? Like, is there any particular project you remember working on that you were like particularly proud of or like any particular, like, like event or like thing you put together that you were like, kind of like, Oh, like I really got this. Honestly, I was so excited about everything. That's beautiful. Um, like a lot of the bands that I was working with, I was a genuine fan of. So I was so excited all of the time. I mean, Um, mean, it's great. I mean, especially if you're like, Oh, like I like all this. It's never like anything. It's like a chore. It's like, you know what they say? It's like, you know, like find a job you love. You'll never work a day in your life kind of thing. And it definitely kind of sounds like that type of deal. That's literally how it was. Um, Honestly, my first, like probably up until the pandemic, I was just like, Oh man, like I always enjoyed going into work. Like we were working on like really cool stuff. It's like, um, we were doing like story so far stuff. Like census fail was on pure noise. Um, right. That's right. Yep. That was like my like full circle moment. Just oh, I'm sure. doing literally anything for them. Um, they're one of the first bands I had ever taken promos of. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. And I was like talking to buddy about it. Um, and he knows that I've literally been a fan of census fail since I was 12 years old. <laughs> Like my first aim screen name was like a census fail thing. And I was like, really? uh, this is, this is the like biggest thing that's ever happened to me. I, I mean, like, it, it's like stuff like that's very poetic to me. And so, so I, I like that. I like that you like ended up like kind of like back at the start, you know, like, like with, with that one, you, you said you were really enjoying stuff until, you know, like the pandemic happened when, when lockdown occurred, kind of like what, what changed up for you? I mean, like obviously you're not doing live photography anymore, but like at, during that time period, but like kind of what, what was the landscape for like for you then? Um, so when lockdown was like happening, um, we, you know, we had to push back literally every single record. Yeah. Um, and like, we were probably coming out with like, 50 or so records a year, like 50 to 70 records a year. So imagine like having to pull, like push back all of that. Um, and not be, not being certain, like when you can release stuff, when shows are going to be happening. It's like a lot of these bands were going to do tours around their records. Um, so a lot of it was just trying to figure stuff out. Um, so I had to, you know, go through all of my content and just, you know, start making like random live videos to give everyone, you know, something to enjoy, something to like take in. Sure. Um, we would release like a bunch of B side stuff. Um, we pushed merch because I was like, well, everyone's like sitting at home. So I guess we'll try and get everyone to get merch. Straight up. I mean, I, I sold a ton of records and, and merch during that time period just because I was like, I mean, that nobody's me. This is all people. This is really all people can do to engage with this type of thing right now. Yeah, literally there was nothing that you could do. And like during that time, um, they were also like, Oh, like 
you know, we need to start our, our TikTok, okay. keep people engaged. And I was like, sure. all right, I'll figure this out. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. Like I didn't know what to do with myself. Cause I, you know, just went from shooting, you know, four to six shows a week to doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Did, did y'all like do any kind of like live stream, you know, types like type stuff or, or like kind of like, like, uh, audio, like no audience kind of like live show or, or no. Um, I think some of our bands did a couple live streams. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with a lot of our bands, like all those dudes, like didn't live in the same place. Sure. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know the game. Um, now also during that time period, you know, what, you know, you talk about kind of how like records became delayed. So like, was, was there a point where it was like, okay, like we really don't know when this is like gonna, you know, kind of like snap back the other way. Like did, I can't remember. I'd have to like go back and look, but like, did were like any records were like, did they kind of eventually just relent on some of them and be like, well, we, we need to like, maybe like get some of this stuff out here just cause we have no idea when it's going to happen. Or did they really like hold, you know, like hold out until live shows came back? Um, I think we held out for like months on stuff. Okay. Um, I remember we had come out with the, like the last rotting out record. Yeah. That I was remember, about the time. I remember that. Yeah. And uh-huh. they were doing, um, it was, that was also like during their tour with Acacia strain. Yep. Um, literally that was the last show that I went to because it was at chain reaction. My job was to film a music video. Yeah. Um, and they were like, the only way this show can, you know, keep happening is if we, you know, split the show, like we're going to have to do a matinee and like a later time. Oh, okay. I, I remember that being cited as one of like, like for like the LA area, like one of the last shows that happened, if not the last one. Yeah, um, it was that show. And then um, they tried to do just like another LA show the next day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rotting Out was a lot of people's like last show. Right, right. Okay, because I do remember that coming out. I, what I, if, and you, I could be wrong about this. I remember that record coming out like. Man, I want to say like it was maybe like after lockdown, but like barely. I it, it's like I could be <clears throat> I could be wrong, and it may have come out like right before. It um, came out like right after, like when I say right after, I mean like a couple weeks. Yeah, because what I remember is I remember sitting in my house and and like being like, oh, like new, rec-, you know, like, I remember like distinctly like the work from home stuff. Yeah, it, ha- it had to have been after because I remember, yeah, it's April yeah. 10th, so it was like right after because I remember sitting in my house and and like that drain came out the same day and I remember being like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm just sitting here like doing nothing. So I'm going to check these records out, you know, like what have you. Um, okay. So kind of like during that time period, like, you know, it's like you, you're just like doing like TikTok and like making videos to kind of like keep, you know, like keep the machine running. Was there anything else like, you know, like you were doing like, you know, like either at work or like away from work or like kind of like, what was, what was that couple of years like for you? Um, so when the pand when lockdown started, um, literally went to the rotting out show, hung out with my friends the next day. And then 
like right after that, everything truly like shut down. And my parents called me and were like, you need to come to Fresno because they didn't know what was happening. And at the time I lived by myself. And so they're like, we'd rather have you, you know, be with us. And I was just like, mm, all right, fine. Um, thinking that, you know, I was going to, I thought that I was going to be home for like two weeks, maybe. Oh, so I same. packed like, yeah. I packed like basically an overnight bag. Right. Um, I brought maybe four t-shirts with me. Um, brought like a storage bin of just random stuff to keep me entertained. Like I brought my PS4 with me, um, like sketchbooks. I brought my whole like work computer setup. Um, ended up being in Fresno for like two and a half months. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, so you're, you're back home for, for like that long, like, you know, did you eventually just be like, I guess I just got, I guess I gotta get back to LA. Like, you know, kind of yeah, like, I, okay. like during that time, um, like I went home right after like Ramadan. So it's like, I got to like, you know, fast with my family. And then right after Ramadan happened, I was like, I want to go home. Yeah. I was like, I really don't like, I don't need to be like at home. Um, because like lockdown was strict, but it was, it started to get to the point where it's like people could go like get coffee again. Sure. The most important. And I, yeah, literally I'm sitting here drinking my coffee. Like I get it. And I was like, you know what? Like I, I don't need to be here. I was like, I can go back to my apartment. Like it'll be fine. I really respect um, my 7 PM coffee. <laughs> well done. Yeah. I, I, I don't respect myself. So, <laughs> no, no. Don't um, worry. I have enough respect for both for, for, for all of you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so literally right before this, I was like, I got to go get my coffee right now. <laughs> I, I had, I, I definitely got one like like this afternoon. Uh, just cause I mean, mid afternoon I'm, I'm dragging. Like I, like I, I need to have that, like that second one, you know, what have you. I am Which, too. And then sometimes I'm like, I gotta have that third one. Yo, you, you know, the, the third one, um, I'm totally down with if I know I don't have to get up early because it, I won't, okay. It will happen to me is this, I will, I won't like feel necessarily wired, but when I try to go to sleep, it just doesn't go down. So if I don't have to get up early the next day, then I'm like, fine, I'm, I'm good. Um, but I mean, the other day I had, you know, slammed the coffee and then I, I took a nap right after. So I don't, you know, like, I, who do, knows? I honestly do that often. <laughs> oh, but, uh, so, so you come back and actually I, I got, a, I got a, another question. That's probably a larger question, you know, like after that, but like you, you come back and kind of like, you know, like, was it the kind of thing where it's like, you're just kind of doing more of the same that you were doing in Fresno, but like at your LA home or, or kind of like, was, yeah, was there something much. different? Okay. Um, Pretty much. I think after, you know, like those first couple months, we started, um, just releasing, you know, smaller stuff. Um, we would hold back on like, you know, like big records, like hoping that maybe one day, you know, shows would come back. Sure. Sure. Um, what were, what were some of the records that you a, held out on? Um, I'm trying to think of like when that, so it started what, 29? No, it started 2020. 20, yeah. 2020? April, yeah, yes. 2020. Yeah, 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 2020. Yeah. Um, we held out on. I wish I still had like all of my papers that had our um schedules on it. Right. Um, it was like knock loose, amity affliction. Sure. I think six year guns. 
Yeah, that would make um, sense. Census fail. Like, yeah, all of these bands, we were just like, all right, like, all these, because they were all supposed to tour around their records. Right. Like, big, big stuff that, like, and I, and I want to say, oh, man. Oh, let me think about it. Nah, that, that occurred in 2019. I remember the Knock Loose tour with Stick to Your Guns, but that was 2019. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Just, just kind of get the lay of the land because it's like when you're working with a label as big as Pyridoys, it's like, it's different than like, you know, like a smaller metal or punk or hardcore label where it's kind of like, it's like, you know, it, it might be the label owner's job, but it might be like a couple people on staff. You're talking about like, you know, a label that has like, 50 plus artists let alone staff members so well we only had um six people on staff i mean and that just i mean that that just goes to show you know the power so it's like it's like who do you have like i, I imagine like label owner you. yeah so label owner um me creative director i was honestly just in charge of every like creative Thing. uh we had a couple like project managers who would just who would have their like set number of bands that they were in charge of to make sure that everything was running smoothly um we had our like director of marketing and then we had our like production guy gotcha gotcha who was okay. making sure that the records were getting printed um you know merch was getting done and the web store was you know stocked the power of a handful of people i'll tell you that right now um yeah. but uh so you know kind of like throughout the remainder of 2020 into 2021 like let's like say like summer 2021 like you know like what were you doing kind of away from like this kind of like kind of like like holdout work you know at pure noise like where i mean like, were you like able to see people were you like avoiding people like kind of no like, what, i was what, able I was able to see, um, my friends and I like kept, I definitely had like a bubble of people that I saw and that was like it. Yeah. Um, like I had a group of friends where, you know, like every Sunday we were watching, you know, all the football games together. Oh yeah. Who's your your team? I'm a diehard, uh, green Bay Packers fan. Uh, where did that come from? Everyone always asks. Um, so I started out as a Raiders fan, like, uh, when I was a kid, cause my dad and my brother are Raiders fans. Of course. Yeah. As a lot um, of people here and are. you know, growing up in Fresno, you're either a Raiders fan or you're a Niners fan. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and when I was in like the third grade, I was like, no, I'm different. I'm not like any of you guys. Um, and the Raiders played against the Packers and I was like, I'm going to root for the Packers. This is my team. Um, <laughs> Lo and behold, it was the Brett Favre dad game. And so the Packers won like 44 to like three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this is my team now. I remember Brett Favre being a big deal when I was a kid. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, okay. All right. Yeah, I say Packers fan out here, rare breed. Rare, like, rare one. You know, and especially up, up like this way. It's like, yeah, like everybody knows either a Raiders fan or a Niners fan. And to be honest, I really only meet Raiders fans, which is really interesting because it's like the Niners are, are still here, you know, obviously. But like, I, I feel straight like up, I hate the Ra- I oh, not the Raiders. Um, I hate the Niners. Um, yeah. So I would never, you know, be caught dead uh, being a Niners fan. But I, I support mean, the Raiders because, like, that was like the first team I ever, you know, like learned about. My dad loves them. Sure. Um, and now they have, you know, Devonte Adams. That is my freaking guy. He went to Fresno State with Derek Carr. Okay. Hell yeah. 
And I was so happy when Devonte Adams got drafted by the Packers that I got a custom Jersey because we couldn't buy his Jersey yet. So I got a Ooh. custom Jersey that said Adams on it. Dedication. And I was so hyped. Love it. Um, so, you know, so you, you had like, you know, you had stuff to do with like, like you're just like, you know, your group of people and, and everything, um, you know, kind of stay sane. Yeah, and cause I couldn't, um, cause I couldn't shoot shows. Um, I was like, well, I need something to do. Like, um, especially since I was like shooting film too. I also had to learn how to like develop and scan my own film. Cause you know, film shops weren't taking in film. They were like, oh, mm, really? uh, they're like, yeah. Cause they were like, we don't know if there's COVID on this. So we're not touching your film. So I learned how to do it myself. Um, and that's when I really picked up, like I was going to car shows every week. Interesting. Okay. How, how did you kind of like, how did you get like, like linked up with those? Um, so when I was a kid, um, we used to live next to like a Bob's big boy. And I remember my dad used to take me and my brother, uh, to their like Friday night, like cruisings. Um, and the thing about like, you know, the, the car world is with a lot of them, the pandemic just doesn't exist. Um, so they're still meeting every week. Right. Um, right. and I would just, you know, go up mass and cause I didn't have shows to shoot. I was like, I need to shoot something like I need something to do. So I got really into taking, uh, photos at all of these car shows. Okay, cool. Very sick. Um, I mean like, like, were you like, a like, had, like, was it just kind of like proximity or did you have like interest in like old cars or something? Oh, I love, absolutely love cars. Um, and what truly sparked it was I, went to the Peterson automotive museum in LA. Um, and they had opened up their vault for photography for the very first time. Oh. Um, they've got a lot of, you know, rare expensive cars down there. A lot of cars that they, they technically shouldn't have, but they do, oh. um, type of spot. Like you can't even pull your phone out without getting oh, in trouble for sure. Okay. I, I, I can't survive. Yeah. I can't survive. So um, they opened it up to photography for the first time. And I was like, Oh, finally I get to shoot something. So I like went to that and I had such a blast learning about like all of these cars. There's probably, um, we probably got shown like a hundred or so cars. Um, so and truly the coolest stuff was down there, like a car that, um, Elvis owned where he was, um, mad one day and like shot the steering wheel. So like, you can see the bullet holes in it. Hell yeah. That's cool as hell. Um, they had like one of Steve McQueen's Jaguars and it was just like one out of like 16 made. It was sick. So um, and sick. I was like, Oh my God, like this is so much fun. And, uh, so when I was in Fresno state, like learning graphic design and stuff, we spent a portion, um, of our like curriculum studying like old car ads. Mm hmm just like stuff from like, you know, the fifties and sixties yeah. and the layout and everything. And I just always loved that stuff. Um, yeah. so love, I would love always the vibe on those, those like, like yeah. old car ads, like 50, 60 specifically, like, Oh yeah, dude, absolutely. Something about the print ads from that time period, just like have like a certain, like, like odd magic to them. Yeah. Um, they have this like certain feel to it that mm -hmm. is honestly hard to replicate. Yeah. Yeah. Without um, it, without it would, seeming like, like it's hard. I feel like it's hard to do to make it seem like it would be like authentic. Like it's like, it's like, you can kind of tell when it's like, yeah. you know, like, like, like a, a, like a reimagination or so to speak. 
Yeah. And I was obsessed with all of it. Like I couldn't stop like, you know, consuming all of that. Um, and so I was hitting car shows every single week. And like, even now I still am like on Saturdays I go at like six 30 in the morning and I like <laughs> meet up with all of my like retired friends. <laughs> <laughs> what a dynamic. Um, um yeah, they and they're all just like, oh, my God, a film camera. We haven't seen one of those since like we were in high school. And I was like, well, surprise. Here we go. Yeah. I mean, probably a rare thing to see these days um, in, in general. You mentioned something earlier that that was is interesting to me only, you know, for a multitude of reasons, but like mainly because of it, it's sort of like anomaly, like, you know, obvious anomaly and kind of like yeah. our like greater like world, you know, you, you spoke about when you had like gone back to Fresno and you were, you had been in Fresno for like a, you know, like a couple months or so. And, you know, came back after Ramadan had yeah. growing up, had you met anybody else within like the scene or like, you know, like the greater, like kind of like greater world of music that was like also like practicing Muslim like yourself? No, exactly. You know, it, it, it's, it was, it was, it was me even like now, like I'm going to shows like it's me. Sometimes I'll, I'll meet someone else and I'm just like, Oh, this is so cool. How is like, has, has like, has like that ever, like, has that ever felt strange to you or anything like that? Or has it just been the kind of thing where you were like, kind of like the Packers thing where you're like, well, this is, this is my thing. I'm different. Like, like how, that, how has your relationship been? Um, honestly, it is kind of like a Packers thing. I was like, okay, like I get it. Like I'm different. Um, but like, I could also understand why, um, there weren't, you know, people who look like me, uh, you know, like hardcore shows that I'm going to or whatever, like a, with like growing up with super strict parents, even when I would shoot just like pop punk stuff or, you know, pop indie, it's like, I would see like Muslim kids there. And a lot of them would talk to me. Um, especially like a lot of the girls who were just like, Oh my God, like, we see you shooting shows like, you know, our parents would never let us do that. And I was like, right. trust me, like I understand, like I absolutely get it. Like it's a battle for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, even now it's like, sometimes like I still have to like battle. Um, Cause you know, like my parents are very not stoked on, you know, hardcore and the way it is. And it's like, you know, they've seen live videos of, you know, kids, you know, jumping on each other. Yeah. Um, like my mom has seen the video of, <laughs> Elliot from Gulch getting like beat with, oh, belts. Yeah. with the belts. Show, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom oh. has seen that video and she's just like, what is wrong with them? Don't, yeah. Like don't hang out with these people. Like there's yeah, something wrong is, with like, them. Yeah. Sometimes my dad will call me and be like, what are you doing tonight? And I'll be like, Oh, I'm shooting a show. And he's like, okay. And he'll be like, um, can you stand on the back? <laughs> and I'm just like, no, but it's <laughs> not really how it goes dad. But yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, like, did you, have you ever felt like, like, have, has it always been like kind of like a thing where it's like, you know, like people just were like, Oh, like I, I fuck with cat. Like I, I take this at face value or did, did you ever feel like, like a sense of ostracization or, or being like left out or, or like different? Um, I never felt ostracized. Um, cause it's like, you know, in our scene, like, you know, people have their opinions. Like sure. a lot of people are very, you know, like public about their opinions um and like i had never felt um like super uncomfortable or like oh my god like i don't belong here like i need to leave right now right um it's good i think with a lot of it is like i've you know like 
grown close to like a lot of people in this scene and um even like grown close to people who are you know very just like anti-religion anti-everything so it's like it's always like it's always kind of like a funny dynamic um and like people ask me all like people and like kids ask me all the time and they're just like how do you deal with this and i'm like well a lot of it is is like you just kind of get used to it Mm -hmm. like i know that the chances are of like me ever going to a hardcore show or whatever um and seeing someone that looks like me like chances are slim right i would genuinely be shocked yeah if i like went to some hardcore show and there was another girl that looked like me i i mean i you know you're you're the one i know of so i i would be too um you know like and and kind of kind of to your point though of kind of being like it's like well it's like you seem to have uh kind of like sat with the fact that it's like well you know there are people in here that are like uh, that are like anti-religion or or like you know like what have you but it, it seems to be that you're kind of like okay like you know there there are many different people in these rooms in general um that yeah. you know and because because you're, you're obviously very intelligent and you know and 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 like very um uh you, there's a there's a wisdom about you that i i think a lot of people like don't hold uh you know and and like and like a certain level of maturity comes with that um so i i i can see how it's been the kind of thing for you based on what you're telling me that it's like oh like people are just you know people have their own past this is mine this is my thing you know like, like yeah, this, is, literally, this is my value system literally in islam like in the quran it really it says like you have your religion i have mine like um right. it's like i'm not you know going to shows i'm not like preaching anything it's like i know who i am i know what i believe in um you know your beliefs might be different like that's absolutely okay it's like this is what works for me yeah and and something that like you know like I've this podcast has tried to like catalog and cat and like kind of like, like show and exhibit, but also just like my own personal like belief system in regards to like, um, hardcore metal and punk music of all types. But like, you know, because it's like, it's like my, my bread and butter is hardcore. Like I've kind of applied it to this, but it's like, for me, what I've, what I've always found interesting about rooms like this is that you can be in the rooms with people that are Harvard graduates and you could, and simultaneously, there could be the people that are like hardcore felons in the same room, and they're there for like similar reasons. And yeah. so you have people from like way different extremes that are convening over a, a shared passion and a shared interest, um, and a shared uh, like 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 kind of like recognition, a shared kind of like identification. There's the word, a shared identification with some things that are being said, and I think that is so interesting and beautiful in a way that people that are, are can be like so different can kind of come together about certain things. Um, yeah, absolutely. Someone, so every once in a while, I'll just do like an AMA on, um, Instagram. I always do them like, you know, during Ramadan, sure. um, I'll always do it for like world hijab day. Cause I know like, you know, a lot of these people, like I am their Muslim friend. <laughs> They have right. me to ask questions. Right. So I like to like, you know, open it up and like answer what I can. And, um, one kid asked me, they were like, 
um, does is like, do your beliefs and like going to punk shows or like, you know, being part of that community, like ever conflict. Um, and I was like, man, I literally sat down um, and thought about it. And honestly, like my answer was like, no, because um, I think me being Muslim and going to these like hardcore shows is like the basis of punk. Oh, I, um, I completely agree. It's very, yeah, it's very like, you know, like I'm not conforming. Yeah. Um, and also it's like, I'm so comfortable and confident in my beliefs and like my, the way that I see life that, um, other people's like opinions or whatever, like it genuinely does not affect me. That doesn't shake you. I mean, and it's like, I'm really so comfortable. Yeah. It's like, I'm so comfortable in who I am and the way that I present myself that like, you know, if somebody, and it's happened before where it's like, I think out of sound and period, I don't remember who it was, but some kid messaged me and was just like, Hey, like, I just wanted to say like, um, I thought it was really cool that whatever singer was going on about like, you know, this anti-religion speech and you were just like standing up there just like unfazed. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it is, it's like, you know, it's like, obviously not everybody's going to agree about everything and, and kind of come from the same standpoint. And, and yeah, and that's okay. And like you can have totally disagreements. Fine. Yeah. You can that, have disagreements in different. Yeah. And you can have different, uh, viewpoints. Like I'm always down to, you know, have a conversation with someone about anything. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, and, and so it's just like when you brought up Ramadan, I, I wanted to, to kind of, kind of get like, you know, your, your sort of like, like that experience at that, that corner of you. Cause it, cause it is such a, a very, very, very rare thing within. Pop it, punk, just, within it, hardcore, it, yeah. You know. It truly is. And it's like, you know, I've been to countless shows where, you know, they're just, you know, going off about how much they hate religion. It's usually just like a certain religion and just their viewpoints. Sure. Um, Christianity, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man, my, like my morals are really good and I wouldn't be doing anything that I didn't absolutely like stand for or believe in. Of course. And so, you know, timeline wise, once uh, taking it to middle of 2021 lockdown stops, um, or, you know, or things start kind of loosening up, what kind of became, the the new game plan for you with like with pure noise like what was it kind of like all right we gotta like like go full court press here or or you know kind of like what what was that summer like for you um so 2021 that was when i was uh literally deciding my future because pure noise um, had moved to nashville really they moved to nashville they, they moved to Nashville last, I had like, no last idea. year. I mean, Nashville's like, sick, but I had no idea. Wow. Like February, 2021, like they, uh, like got the office in Nashville and they were like trying to convince me to move to Nashville. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, I'm simply too Brown for Nashville. Yeah, um, I wouldn't under, be able to go under, anywhere. <laughs> understandably so. Yeah. 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 Um, and I like considered it for a little bit, but I was like, I like, this is not for me. And like, my job became because there were like no shows happening um, or like shows were just like kind of coming back. Um, I genuinely like didn't have the spark that I had for my job anymore. Sure. Um, Cause like, you know, we had signed like 
so many more bands and, you know, coming out with more records. And I like, I wasn't even enjoying like shooting shows anymore. I was just so burnt out. Yeah. Um, and so literally that entire summer, I was like, man, I should, you know, figure out what's next for me. And I really did like spend a couple months just like figuring it out. Um, and I like finally put my resignation in, um, in December, like right before like the music industry, like shuts down for a couple weeks. Yep. Um, I was like, this would be the perfect time for me to just time to do something else. I didn't know what something else was. But okay. I was like, I need to be doing something else. Well, well, so you did that in December. So just like six months ago or, or, or so, yeah. like, you know, kind of like, what did you, what did you land on? Um, so I went full freelance, like mid January. Um, I've just been picking up just, you know, random freelance stuff. Um, I've been doing like a lot of social content for people. Um, I've been working with this restaurant, Burger Lords, which is my favorite restaurant. Oh yeah. Um, I love Burger Lords. Hell yeah. <laughs> I freaking love Burger Lords. When I was with my parents, um, like staying with them for lockdown, Burger Lords is like, you know, like everybody wanted to support their employees and everything. And I was like, yes, I was like, Burger Lords, I'll do anything for you. Sure. Um, so I bought like the Burger Lords sweatsuit oh, and man. it got shipped. It got shipped to my parents' house and like came in this like big old box and my grandma is just like, What is this? And I was like, This is Burger Lords and she's like, What? What is that? And I was just like, It's my favorite restaurant <laughs> And she's like, You bought clothes from a restaurant? And I was like, Yeah. Um, but I've been like helping them with their um just social content. Um like right now I'm currently helping with, you know, Sound and Fury stuff, which I'm hyped for. Okay. Um, oh yeah. So I was going to ask like, like what, you know, away from Burger Lords, like what freelance stuff have you been doing? Yeah. Like doing that. Um, I've just been working with random artists. I still work a lot in music. Um, mm -hmm. but there's a lot like outside of music that I've been doing. Like I'll do like, you know, product shoots, like model shoots. Um, my like future goal is I am dying to work for the NFL. I think sports is literally oh. my next career move. Um, and thankfully, like the NFL, like media offices are only in like Studio City, so it's like it's not far. Okay, okay. So you know, and it was funny the the, the kind of like the last question I was going to ask, like, was like, all right, what's what's the future? But it it sounds like you've you've got your sights set, and and based off of your your history, uh, I, I imagine you'll land there because it seems like you've landed everywhere else that you've wanted to. I re I honestly really hope so. Um, I will say with like freelancing, there have been so many uncertainties and like, I've genuinely had to learn so much in the past, like six months of yeah. basically how to be a person also be a person with an actual like schedule and routine. Um, oh, yeah. my therapist, yeah. My therapist is like, you have too much time on your hands. You need to go do something that's not like on your computer. And I was like, all right. So I signed up for boxing. How's that going? Um, dude, it's so sick. What yeah. it's, so, it's so cool. One of my coaches was like, Oh, I'm going to that hardcore show. And I was like, what hardcore show? And he's like, sound and fury. And I was like, what? <laughs> there you go. Damn. I mean, you know, it, it, it's so, I mean, like it, 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 it sounds like, you know, free freelance is an interesting place to be because it, it's it, like, you have all this autonomy and you, you really do get to like kind of set your own schedule. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's so like, much, it's so much freedom and it's, it's so scary. It's a lot of freedom. It's so scary. 
Um, you know, I mean, so, so they, and just so I understand, inevitably you, you want to get kind of back to the, like, you know, hopefully land something in the future, like, you know, like with the NFL or, and, and then kind of get, get back to that routine or are you like, albeit it's scary, are you kind of enjoying kind of the freedom? Um, I definitely am enjoying the freedom because, you know, over the past year I've picked up like going camping and like going out to see nature. And it's so nice to be able to do that. Like sure. midweek. Oh, yeah. I don't I have mean, to like, I don't, it's nice to not have to like check in with people and be like, Hey, I, you know, I want these days off so I can go do this. It's like, I can just do it. Sure. Sure. Oh, I mean, you know, like being master of your own reality. I, I mean, it, it's like, I've, I like have experienced like, like a bit of this being kind of like uh, a position where it's like, as long as like I'm a salesman. So it's like, as long as it's like, if your numbers are hitting, then it, they're like, they're not really checking up on you that hard, um, yeah. which can be great but also left to your own devices. Sometimes if you don't have the discipline, I, I can definitely find myself being, I'm a pretty disciplined guy too. And I can definitely still find myself being a little lazy. Um, but, uh, that doesn't seem to be like your problem at all, but, um, you know, so it's like, you know, the future's bright. You've, you've, you've done, you know, some, some really amazing, amazing things. And, uh, you know, you just have a, have like a one of a kind really experience. Um, you know, I, I want to thank you for, for coming on today. I, I appreciate you being here. Um, if you, if you, if you got anything you want to leave the people with, go ahead. Um, well, thank you for having me. Um, it's always, honestly, it's very rare that I'll like do podcasts and interviews. Cause I'm always like so scared. Cause like I told you, like I have really bad anxiety. So I always, um, you know, think of what like people in the future will think when they listen to me talk. And I'm always like, you know, you struggle with imposter syndrome and you're just like, Oh, these people don't need to hear from me. You know, but it, um, it, it's like, to me, just kind of like sort of a, a reassurance. Like, I think that people do need to hear from you because, because your experience is so unique. And also it's like, you know, a, after having this conversation with you, I think one of the main things that I've pulled away from it is like, you know, I, what I what, something that I, I want to happen from these interviews, if they can, is people can learn something, you know, and like kind of like apply it to their own life. And there's, there's so much stuff that you did that we have been able to do just by trying people psych themselves out of doing stuff all the time. I certainly do it, but it just sounds like there are so many things that you were like, I'm just going to keep trying until I'm going to keep asking, you know, can I do this until I get a yes and I think that kind of positive can do like high confidence energy is something that people can learn from. So I think it, years from now, if someone's listening to this, they're going to pick it up just like they're going to pick it up the day this gets released. I truly hope so. Like I was genuinely terrified. I was like, Oh man, like, cause my, you know, my experience and my um, like upbringing and hardcore are so vastly different. Yeah than literally everyone else yeah. i was like oh people are gonna think this is weird or you know it's not you know like true hardcore or whatever because it's like oh, no. you know in fresno you probably played at like cyc i know um, about cyc yeah okay so like, all of the hardcore shows were happening at cyc and like i was not allowed to go to cyc because i was right. in the worst part of fresno and my dad was like absolutely not do not no even yeah. he was like don't even ask me to go to that area of town again yeah. and i was like you know i was a well-behaved kid so i was like okay absolutely not like i'm never gonna ask to go there again i asked to go there as an adult and my dad was like no 
I don't think so. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and with this is, is, is it's like, it's just, yes, there's people's experience in hardcore. Yes. There's people's experiences in, in, in punk, but, it, but, you know, at, at the same time, it, it, it's like the, as time goes on, the, um, the genre lines and the walls become thinner and thinner. And, and I, I think that people that are like, you know, there could be somebody who's like into like noise music, listening to this, that could pick up something from your, your story that they can, you know, they can apply to, you know, like, like their life. Um, and everything and it's 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 powerful stuff and, and I'm, I'm really glad you came on um and uh you know like i, I know you said you're you're anxious about doing this and everything but you you i don't think anybody listening would have ever been able to tell <laughs> you know had you not said anything um so oh, thank you so much <laughs> no that, that's that's real that's like I, I mean it but uh you know i uh i appreciate you being here and uh until next time everybody out there stay safe <laughs>